Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into scripture? If so, you're in luck, because every day there's a new scripture reflection from the thoughtful staff at America Media, thinking through big questions together, like, what do Catholics believe about guardian angels? And what can Gen Zers take away from the Gospels? If you're already a subscriber, you can access these reflections in your email inbox or on our website. If you'd like to become a digital subscriber, it's easy to do. Just visit americamagazine.org slash subscribe, and you'll have full access to America's Scripture Reflections. Welcome to Inside the Vatican with America Media. Each week, veteran Vatican correspondent Gerard O'Connell and I take you behind the headlines for an intergenerational conversation about the biggest stories out of the Vatican. This weekend, the Vatican sparked a flurry of speculation that the Pope may resign. The Pope will visit the Italian city of L'Aquila, home to Pope St. Celestine V, who resigned in 1294. We'll unpack some reasons the speculation might be valid, and some reasons to be skeptical. I'm Colleen Deli. This is Inside the Vatican. Good morning from New Orleans, Jerry. Good afternoon from a really hot and sunny Rome, Colleen. I feel that. Many, many tourists on the streets. Many young people are coming to Rome. Really, it's a Mm-hmm. There's joy in the city that the pandemic seems to have faded. Your kids are off for summer break soon? The schools close tomorrow, Colleen, in Rome, and they reopen about mid-September. So that's a long, long break. Right, and summer vacation is not the only thing that we have planned for summer in Rome this year. In the last week or so, we've heard of a few plans that Pope Francis has for the end of August that have sparked some speculation that he may be planning to resign. So you and I mentioned last week that there's going to be this meeting of cardinals that the Pope has called in August, and we talked about how that would be a chance for the cardinals to get to know one another, which would help build some familiarity among the bishops, which is useful for the next conclave. And then over the weekend, the Vatican announced that Pope Francis would be visiting the church where Celestine V, the first pope to voluntarily resign, is buried. And when Pope Benedict visited Celestine's tomb in 2009, it sparked predictions that he could resign, which came true. So this week, you and I are going to take a look at the facts behind this speculation, the reasons that some people think the pope will resign and the reasons that others are skeptical. So Jerry, first question before we get into those. Where has this speculation come out? Like, who is speculating? Are they publishing it somewhere? Where have we seen this? Well, there's uh, some speculation in the Italian press, some speculation in the British press, mm-hmm. and this went to the French press. So the speculation has, you know, when a rumor starts, it rapidly gets feet and it runs. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the third pope I followed. Right. And uh, I'm well aware that rumors of resignation is part and parcel of papal reporting at a certain point. So let's talk about the speculation. What are some of the events that have given people reasons to speculate that Pope Francis might resign? Certainly, the bringing together of three events at the end of August provided, let's say, ammunition for the guns of speculation. The first one was the Pope's decision to hold a consistory on Saturday, the 27th of August. Right. This is the making of new cardinals. For the making of new cardinals, 21 new cardinals. Now, August is normally a dead month in Rome. Yeah. It's it's hot. 
the Vatican more or less closes down, really works on skeleton teams. And mm -hmm. so it's very, I, I was trying to find a precedent for such a consistory and I, I haven't been able, maybe there has been. The second event was the Pope's decision to hold a consistory on the Saturday, 27th of August, and on the Monday and Tuesday to have the cardinals have a meeting to reflect on the constitution for the reform of the Roman Curia. He doesn't call it a consistory because the, he could have called it a consistory, but he decided not. He wanted, I think, to have it as a rather free meeting. Yeah. Let me jump in here and just explain. So a consistory can refer to a meeting where new cardinals are appointed. It can also refer to a meeting of the College of Cardinals in general. So there's two meanings of this word consistory. So we're talking about first there will be this consistory to create new cardinals. Then there is this meeting of all the cardinals that looks like a consistory meeting, but we're not calling it that. It's just a meeting. Yes, the Pope isn't calling it that, and he's the one who decides. Yeah. So he's calling a meeting for the cardinals to get together. Many of them do not know each other. They come from different parts of the world. They have never seen each other's face. Uh, some of the cardinals I know went to the Pope and said, look, we don't really know our brother cardinals. It would be a good idea for you to bring them together so we can get a chance to meet, to talk, to at least recognize their faces and perhaps their way of thinking. Effectively, Colleen, to be present in the Saturday meeting, you, you will have to arrive on the Friday or the Wednesday, Thursday or the Wednesday for some days before. So they will be together in Rome for about a week. Got it. And that is very good. But then Francis pulls a, a kind of a rabbit out of the hat, as it were. Yeah, this is the weird part. He's leaving right in the middle of these two meetings. Yes. Normally, when he makes new cardinals on one day, the next day he celebrates mass with the new cardinals mm -hmm. in front of the rest of the College of Cardinals. But this time, the Sunday, the 28th, he's going to Aquila. That's uh, one of the Italian regions, which was a city which was hit by the earthquake some years back. Mm -hmm. And He's going to meet the people, families who've been hit by the earthquake, etc. But he's also going to celebrate Mass in front of the Basilica, which where Pope Celestine V, his remains are interred. And this is what has sparked all of the speculation about the retirement, because as soon as you go anywhere near Celestine V, it sparks speculation that, that you might be thinking of retiring because he was the first to retire. Way back in 1966, Colleen, Pope Paul VI went to the place where Celestine died. And he gave a very interesting homily where he praised this man. And everybody in 1966 said, ah, Paul VI is thinking of resigning. Okay, so there's a long history of this. And in 2009... Benedict XVI went to visit the earthquake-hit city and went and prayed in front of the tomb of Celestine V. And he, he laid down, not his stole, but his, his pallium, right, on the tomb? The pallium, yes, this pallium, which uh, is the sign of authority as an archbishop. 
pallium is it's like a the stole that a priest wears, except it it has little crosses on it, and seven for, the Pope has seven little black crosses on it. It's a woolen piece of cloth. Got it. Oh, I see. I just Google imaged it, so it, it's it's it almost looks like a necktie, but with a tie part hanging down in the back too, and it has these little crosses on it. What we don't know at this moment, Colleen, you have the Pope making new cardinals on the Saturday. They call it creation of cardinals. The Pope going to Aquila and praying at the tomb also of Celestine V, Pope Celestine V. Mm-hmm. And then this third event, the two-day meeting w- with the cardinals. What we don't know is whether the Pope will take all the cardinals to Aquila. It's possible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's normal for him to celebrate Mass with the new cardinals. Maybe he'll do it. Yeah. I think that either way, whether he brings them or not, it it doesn't change the optics that much of the fact that he's making this visit and and the speculation that it sparks, right? And I, I think it's worth mentioning that when Benedict went there in 2009, he was in good health, but this is going to look really different. This is going to be a striking image to see Pope Francis in a wheelchair, you know, probably still by that point, rolling up to here. We discussed these three events that have people thinking the Pope could be resigning. There's the consistory, the creation of new cardinals. There's the visit to L'Aquila and the tomb of Celestine V. And then there's this meeting of cardinals to get to know one another to discuss the reform of the Roman Curia. So looking at these three events, I want us to just put on the hat of you know people who read this and think, okay, the Pope could be resigning. Let's look at some of the reasons why they think that, what are some of the valid reasons to believe that the Pope could be resigning looking at these facts? Well, I think some people saw the early calling of the consistory for August, as one person put it to me as intriguing, another put it as baffling. And nobody seems to understand why it's in August and why the Pope didn't wait until November. Because it's usually in November, right? There are many dates, but it, it was expected to be around the Feast of Christ the King, which was towards the end of November. And many consistories have been held, certainly in recent times in that period. Mm-hmm. At the end of August is, is totally you know, unusual, to say the least. Right. S- secondly, the fact that he brings the cardinals together, it's obviously, while the, let's say the stated reason is to reflect on the new constitution, and in other words, to bring them all on board on the roadmap that the Pope is setting for the church for the coming years, mm-hmm. the real, perhaps the underlying reason is to have them know each other before they enter a conclave. Mm-hmm. We should mention here that there is a possibility that the explanation is much simpler for this strange timing in August, which could be that there's not a lot going on in people's dioceses in August, and that by scheduling these multiple meetings together, you're saving money, you're saving money by scheduling it in the off-season in Rome, and you're cutting down on the cardinals' travels and time away from their dioceses. And a third reason people have looked at his health, I mean, July... Fourth last year, he had this big operation. He got through very well. He's come out of it well. Mm -hmm. But then at the end of the year, just before New Year, uh, we suddenly found that he was having some problems with his leg. Mm -hmm. We've seen that the Pope did not celebrate the Easter Vigil Mass, the top liturgical event of the year. Instead, he sat there and he gave the homily. And now, last Sunday, at Pentecost Sunday, he 
exactly did the same. And so th this raised a lot of questions among people's mind. And uh, I know I've spoken to some cardinals who said, I wonder how, how he's going to do the Africa trip. Right. And imagine, you know, how much more difficult it is to be standing up to say mass on the road when you can't manage to do it at home, you know, in, in St. Peter's Square, in St. Peter's Basilica. I mean, we saw the Pope really struggling to get around this weekend. And then we also should keep in mind that the Pope's trip to Lebanon was already indefinitely suspended. I don't know if that's directly because of these mobility issues, but it's certainly true that his mobility problems are getting in the way of his travel a little bit. Well, obviously, the mobility is, is a major factor because you think he's got to get on a plane in Rome, fly several hours, get off the plane. Then he's in Kinshasa, then move from Kinshasa by plane to Goma or by helicopter, probably plane, then return again. Then on a plane again to go to Juba to in South Sudan. It's not simple. Even for a person in good health, it's it's demanding. And a person of 85 years old with mobility problems. It, so people are raising questions. But at the same time, Colleen, I, I will tell you, John Paul II had a lot of mobility problems. Worst in, in, in a way, at the end, he was really... In, in a bad shape, I, I saw with my own eyes. But he also had other problems, which Francis doesn't have. You're referring to the, the mental problems, right? The decline of his mind. Yes. He had, at some stage in the day, he was brighter than other stages. He had Parkinson's and he was increasing in that. But uh, Francis, on the other hand, is very clear-minded. I've spoken with people in these past few days who've actually been with him in recent days. And one of them said, the Pope is in good form. Lively, good humor, showed no sign of discomfort. And he even seems to be enjoying being in the wheelchair. Hmm. That's a little different from what we saw on Sunday. There was a video from the Pentecost Mass going around where the Pope got up and, and tried to walk a few steps and really couldn't do it, looked to be in a lot of pain. Yes, but he was walking then, not in the wheelchair. He's fully himself otherwise, but the only problem is mobility. So in terms of those who are talking about resignation, I, I, I don't see the basis for this right now. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll get into the reasons that one might be more skeptical about this speculation that the Pope is planning to resign. Stay with us. So let's get into what you've already kind of started into, which is the valid reasons to believe that the Pope would not resign, the reasons to be skeptical about this speculation. You mentioned that you don't think his health is that bad. It's just a mobility issue. But what are the other reasons to be sort of skeptical of this? Well, here in Rome, nobody wants two emeritus popes. No. We have an emeritus pope without any regulations, which has created a lot of Mm -hmm. uh, confusion, uh, which is greater. And many people, and I've spoken to several cardinals who say, look, we're going to have emeritus popes in the future. Francis himself has said, we're going to have, this is the first of a series. Just as we have emeritus bishops, we will have emeritus popes. And 
we'll get used to this reality. Right. But I think that it's it's for sure that Francis will want to change that office somewhat in the ways that he's been changing the papacy, right? Like in our deep dive episode on the role of Pope Emeritus, some of the common, I don't know, reforms to this office, you could say that people want to see are not calling yourself Emeritus Pope, but calling yourself Emeritus Bishop of Rome, not continuing to wear white, maybe limiting how much public speaking you're doing or public writing. And I think that Francis will want to do some of those things, but you can't do that when you currently have an Emeritus Pope who is calling himself Emeritus Pope, who is wearing white. That would just be a bad look and might foster more disunity. Well, it depends, Colleen. We don't know what will come out of the meeting of cardinals on the 29th and 30th of August. They may well raise the question, because I know many of them in private are saying this question. So we don't know. I mean, this meeting reflection on on the new constitution can also, you can get a cardinal who stands up and say, look, I I think we have another serious problem that we should really talk about. I remember when Benedict was resigning. One of the big things that Vatican watchers who thought they saw this coming pointed to was that Benedict did not have much on his calendar for after the resignation. There were a few meetings that he ended up passing along to Francis. But I want to talk about the big thing Francis has underway, which is this global synodal process. Do you see that as as a reason to believe he wouldn't resign? Or do you see that as something that maybe falls under reasons to believe he could because he could pass it on to someone else? I think this is a very strong reason, Colleen, for him having no intention of resigning right now. The Cardinals asked him to reform the Curia. Francis wanted to reform the church. And one of his big ways of reforming the church is through the synodality, the synodal process that he's introduced. And as I understand it, Francis has every desire and interest and wish to deliver this baby, if you want to call it, the synod being his baby. He wants to see this delivered alive and well, and he wants to have the instructions for following on it. And so I I, I think that those who think he's going to resign in the morning have not understood the Pope. Mm -hmm. I, I think that this question of timing is kind of key here because even amidst all this speculation, we're not seeing a lot of people pin a date on it. And I think that even with the visit to the tomb of Celestine V, you know, Benedict made that visit in 2009. He didn't resign until 2013. It it could be possible that he's laying the groundwork or whatever for a future resignation without intending to do it sometime soon. I think that's also a possibility. Uh, Francis, like every pope, is looking to a future conclave. So he's selecting the candidates. Now, we spoke earlier about the Pope, his difficulty, mobility, traveling. Remember, before John Twenty-Third went on a train to Assisi, the Popes didn't go out of the Vatican. So the travel, the international travel, which started really with Paul VI, is a relatively new event. And should the Pope decide that he's not traveling there, or somewhere else in the next years, it, it, it doesn't change the papacy. Do you really think that? I kind of feel like with John Paul being the traveling pope, it changed the papacy forever. Like, it is now a traveling office. John Paul II is the glo- globetrotter. Exactly, exactly. Francis, in 10 years, has already done 53 countries. Or- but it's worth mentioning here on the he could resign side that 
he doesn't have a lot of major trips rumored in the next year after this fall. Oh, he does? Which ones? He's promised to go to India at the beginning of next year. Mm -hmm. And he has in suspense another trip to East Timor, Timor-Leste, Papua New Guinea, and Indonesia. There's no lack of trips, Colleen. And he has a mountain of invitations. Uh, Francis has also promised the Prime Minister of Hungary that he's going to go to Hungary. So those who say there's nothing on the agenda have just not been paying enough attention to it. (laughs) All right, fair enough. I want to ask you one last question, which is, you know, we, we've been through the reasons for, we've been through the reasons against, there are, there are lots on both sides. So amidst all this speculation, how will we know that Francis wants to resign or, or that he's going to resign? When he makes the free decision as in accordance with canon law, nobody can force a pope to resign. We saw this with Benedict XVI. All he has to do is state it clearly make it publicly known, make clear that he is doing it in his own free will. This was the case of Benedict. This will be the case of Francis or any future pope who opts to resign. All right. I think we should leave it there. Jerry, thanks for talking with me this week about this very, I don't know, contentious topic going through both both sides of the argument. And obviously, whatever happens, we'll keep our listeners updated here on Inside the Vatican. Thanks. Thank you, Colleen. I think we sh- we will have interesting times looking at what's going to happen in the August meetings. Of course, our coverage and your great articles are always available at americamagazine.org for our readers. Before we go, we wanted to update you on two more stories. First, at least 50 people are dead after an attack during Mass on Pentecost Sunday at a Catholic church in Nigeria. Catholic priests have been kidnapped and killed in Nigeria in recent years, particularly in northern and central Nigeria, but this attack happened in an ordinarily peaceful region in the south of the country. No one has claimed responsibility for the attack yet. You can read more about this at americamagazine.org. And the first nomination following Pope Francis's new reform of the Roman Curia has been made. Pope Francis appointed American Cardinal Kevin Farrell to head a new financial oversight committee in the Vatican to monitor Vatican investments. So this is not an appointment of a layperson yet, but it's certainly a continuation of Pope Francis's financial reforms, and it's one that seems to be a result of the investment scandal currently being tried in Vatican court. Last of all, we have a request for you, our listeners. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please help us out by taking a brief survey about Inside the Vatican that I'll link to in the show notes. We want to hear about you. What are your questions, your curiosities? What do you want to hear more of in the show? Your feedback is incredibly valuable in helping us plan the next season of Inside the Vatican. Again, the survey link is in the show notes. Thanks. Inside the Vatican is a production of America Media. This week's episode was produced by Maggie Van Dorn and Ricardo da Silva. Production assistance from Vivian Richard at the Jesuit Curia in Rome. Our executive producer is Sebastian Gomes. Audio engineering by Kevin Christopher Robles. You can find in-depth and up-to-date Vatican coverage at americamagazine.org and follow us on Twitter at I-N-S-D-E Vatican Pod. That's inside without the second I, Vatican Pod. Please consider supporting our work here on Inside the Vatican by purchasing a digital subscription to America Magazine. You can do that at americamagazine.org slash subscribe. Thanks. For America Media with Gerard O'Connell, I'm your host and producer, Colleen Deli. We'll see you next time. Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into scripture? 
If so, you're in luck, because every day there's a new scripture reflection from the thoughtful staff at America Media, thinking through big questions together, like, what do Catholics believe about guardian angels? And what can Gen Zers take away from the Gospels? If you're already a subscriber, you can access these reflections in your email inbox or on our website. If you'd like to become a digital subscriber, it's easy to do. Just visit americamagazine.org slash subscribe, and you'll have full access to America's scripture reflections.